Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. I do not want to ever take our our time together in the presence of the Lord lightly. I don't want to just think, well, this is Sunday morning. We're going to go through the routine. I don't want to take it lightly. I want to be in his presence to feel his power and anointing today. I'm here to talk to you about the promise of the Father this morning, the promise of the Father. The book of Luke chapter 24, the book of Luke 24. Again, so good to have everybody here today, all of our guests that are here today. We appreciate each of you. Luke chapter 24 and verse 46. Jesus said, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. There's a reason for the death, burial, and resurrection. All right? That repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father unto you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany. He lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven, and they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. Lord, we love you today. We thank you, God, for your word. Help us, Lord, in this moment. Help us, Lord, as we study your word. Let it become alive to us, Lord Jesus. Transcend, Lord, our flesh. Lord Jesus, transcend our problems, O oh God. Lord, today for your word, we're going to give you the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Turn to three people and say, I want the promise of the Father. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The promise of the Father. God created man, of course, with a purpose. And since man fell, he has been reaching for man ever since. He has a desire to lift us up out of sin. He has the desire to heal us of sin and to fill us with his spirit. The ultimate aim for the Lord is for you to be saved and filled with his spirit on a continual basis. It's not just a one-time thing, but it is a life thing. Amen. He wants to take us from the ash heap of sin, from the, the problems of sin, and to bring us into the place of his presence on a continual basis. God wants to connect with you. Say, God wants to connect with me. 
He longs to commune with you, to fellowship with you. Amen. And it is by his spirit that he does this. It is by his spirit that he does that. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18 says, But we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into that same image from glory to glory even as by the spirit of the Lord. Amen. The purpose of his presence is to change us. Our problem is that we want his presence to bless us, but we don't want his presence to change us. But the purpose of his presence is not just simply to fill us with abundance of, of peace and joy and, 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 and feel good and have doodads run up and down our spine, but rather it is to change us and not just to change us for any change sakes, but rather from glory to glory to be changed into his image. Image. The Spirit of God, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is meant to make you like Christ. I don't know why anybody wouldn't want to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. It's to make you be like Christ. Amen. The purpose of his presence is to change us. You want to be changed today? I want to be changed to be like him. Amen. That's, that's, that's not an easy thing sometimes, but we need to be like him. Jesus proclaimed that he would send the promise of the Father, which is the Holy Ghost. Peter stated that the promise wasn't just for those that were filled on the day of Pentecost, but he said, to all that are afar off. The promise is to those that are far off. To every person under the sound of my voice, anyone watching today, anyone listening to the podcast today, I will tell you, you are a candidate for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You are a candidate to receive the promise of the Father. It was that prophetic utterance that came in 30 A.D. That, that Peter declared it would be to all those that are far off. No telling how many multiple millions, multiple millions of people have been filled with the promise of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Around the world, men and women are receiving the same Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. Amen. I know that there are those that are false. My goodness, I think that you could count the majority of junk you see on YouTube is not proper tongues and the Holy Ghost. It's something else. Thank you, Pastor Dylan. I heard that. Yeah. It's not. I will tell you this story. My dad was a, a, a Baptist, grew up a Baptist, and God revealed to him Jesus' name, baptism, and, and then he uh, received the Holy Ghost, and he was real uh, new to the apostolic Pentecostal idea, uh, doctrine and ideas, and he was walking down the hall of a of, of, of a hospital, and a man walked up to him, and he said his eyes were flashing. Just some random stranger walked up to him and began to speak in tongues, just rattle off tongues, and looked at him and said, was that God or the devil? My dad learned real quick is that there is a true and there is a counterfeit. And a lot of times all people can see is the counterfeit, but the counterfeit does not negate the fact that there is a true. There is a truth. 
Isaiah prophesied that God would speak with his people through stammering lips and other tongues. Amen. Paul referenced this prophecy in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 14 and 21 when he's talking about the, the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit and the operation of the Spirit. He said, in the law it is written, with men of other tongues and of other lips will I speak unto this people, and yet for all that they will not hear me, saith the Lord. Uh, uh, the Lord is, is being very clear that there's something happening related to his spirit and speaking in other tongues. Joel prophesied that the spirit would be poured out on all flesh. All flesh. Joel wrote and said, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions, and upon thy servants and upon thy handmaids in days, those days will I pour out my spirit. Peter declared at the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, he said, this is that, this is the fulfillment of that. This is what God was talking about. This is the fulfillment of Joel that he would pour out his spirit on all flesh. Amen. This is that. John the Baptist prophesied, and it's written in all four Gospels, how John prophesied that Jesus Christ would come and baptize folks with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Amen. Jesus said that there was no greater prophet than John, so he should have been dead on. He was dead on. Jesus Christ, the prophet of prophets, also prophesied about the coming of the Holy Ghost and the promise of the Father. He spake to them about rivers of living water coming out of their inner man. Rivers of living water, life-giving, flowing water. Amen. It wasn't about a, a literal water flowing out of your belly, but he said, Let her, but this spake he of the Holy Ghost, but the Spirit had not been yet poured out upon them. But he was talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Father. When Jesus spoke about being born again to Nicodemus, he said a man must be born again of water and of the Spirit. Of water and of the Spirit. When is man born again of the Spirit? Is it just at belief only? Well, that, that's strange because over in Acts it tells us Paul had met some folks and said, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? So believing and receiving is not always the same. Amen. In, 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 he says that there will be those that will receive the Holy Ghost when they are born again. We find that Jesus also foretold of the comforter that would come, which is the Holy Ghost. In John 14 and John 15 and in John 16, he was serious about the promise of the Father. He said that this promise is going to come. Hallelujah. He also told his disciples, he said, and after the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you shall receive what? power he prophesied that it would happen amen jesus ascended to heaven to fulfill all the promises of glory but he said you go back you go back to jerusalem hallelujah let's read it luke 24 49 and behold i send the promise of the father upon you but tarry ye in the city of jerusalem until you be dude with power from on high 
until you be endued with power upon high. He didn't say until you speak in tongues. He didn't say until you become a good praiser. He didn't say until you become a good attender of church. He didn't say until you become a good student of the Bible. He didn't say until you can quote scripture. He didn't say until you go to Sunday school. He didn't say until you go to Bible college. He said stay until you be endued with power from on high. You see, the promise of the Father is more than just a feeling. It's more than just a doodad. It's more than just a shout and a run. But you might run and shout. But what the Holy Ghost is, it's power to help you live right. Power to help you walk right. Power to overcome the enemy. Power in Jesus' name. That is indeed the promise of the Father. Luke, such a unique writer he wrote the gospel of Luke of course but he also wrote the book of Acts so he continues the narrative when you find that the Lord had led them as far as Bethany and he ascended from them and the Bible says that they went back to Jerusalem with great joy and verse 53 says and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. And he picks up the same story in Acts 1 chapter 14. And then returned they unto Jerusalem from the Mount Olivet. Which is from Jerusalem a Sabbath day journey. And when they were come in. They went up into an upper room. Where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew and Philip and Thomas and Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon Zelotes and Judas the brother of James. And look, look what it says. And they all, they, these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus with his brethren. The disciples said, Jesus, we're going to go back and we're going to tell what did Terry to look like? It meant praying in one accord. It meant going to the temple and from house to house. It meant a spiritual focus. Today, people want the blessing of the promise, but they're not willing to do whatever it takes to maintain that promise. Promise. Go back to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. They obeyed the words of Jesus. Somebody say obey. They went back to Jerusalem. They had no idea what the promise of Father would look like, but they were ready to receive it. Amen. Jesus had already blown their minds with the resurrection, but what he wanted to do is to fulfill that resurrection in them. He wanted them to come alive. He wanted them to be alive. He wanted their spirits to be alive. Amen. Jesus came to bring the promise of the Father, and the baptism of the Holy Ghost was the ultimate aim of the Master. Amen. To see that what happened on Calvary led it not just to the fact that there's an empty tomb, now what? But it led to the fact that there's an empty tomb, now I'm going to fill you in my spirit so you can come alive so your spirit amen can have an empty tomb as it were the deadness that is in you can now come alive matter of fact he was so intense about this one time he looked at the disciples and the bible says he breathed on them and said receive ye the holy ghost prophetically breathed on them and said receive ye the holy ghost 
In John chapter 12 and verse 23, Jesus answered them saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man shall be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it will bring forth much fruit. The cross was the place where the resurrection could happen because something died. It come back to life. The corn of wheat that died was speaking prophetically of him. And when he died, he didn't stay there. He resurrected with power. Amen. With the promise of the Father, he resurrected as the first fruits of the rapture or of the resurrection. Amen. So that others could be resurrected. Aren't you thankful today that God wants you to come alive and he's got a plan for you to come alive? We've studied this before, but I think it fits right here. There's a divine connection between what happened on Calvary and what happened in the upper room in Acts chapter 2. A divine connection. It's a beautiful type that is shown in the Old Testament. Before Israel could experience liberation, they had to observe Passover. You remember that first Passover? That first Passover, they had to kill a lamb. They had to kill a, a one, and, and if a family was too big, they would join together, and they took the blood, and they put it on the doorpost. Speaking of the way out of Egypt is through the blood. It is through the shed blood of Jesus Christ that we have a path out of this world. Hallelujah. Nobody can leave bondage of sin today but by the blood. Nobody can be free from sin today but by the blood. I'm sorry if the bloody message offends you. It is my salvation. It may baffle the, the smart folks and make them feel like this is silly, but I will tell you what Paul said. It is the power of God unto salvation. So they had a Passover, and 50 days from the Passover in Egypt, they arrived at Mount Sinai, and God told Moses to go there. It's a place he had told him to go in the very beginning. Look at Leviticus chapter 23 and verse 15. According to Leviticus 23 and Deuteronomy 16, Israel was to celebrate this miraculous giving of the law that was on Mount Sinai in what is known as the Festival of Weeks. Now, they were to celebrate the 50 days from Passover to the giving of the law. In Leviticus chapter 23, it says, And ye shall count unto you from the morrow after the Sabbath, from the day that ye brought the sheave of wave offering seven Sabbaths, Seven Sabbaths shall you complete, even unto the morrow. After the seventh Sabbath shall ye number fifty days, and ye shall offer a meat offering before the Lord. Then jump down to verse 21. And it shall, and ye shall proclaim on the selfsame day that it may be a holy convocation unto you, Ye shall do no servile work therein. It shall be a statue forever in all your dwellings throughout your generation. So the Feast of Weeks, the Festival of Weeks, was also known as the Feast 
of Pentecost, the Feast of Pentecost. The Jews call it Shavuot. Amen. A Jew calls the time, the season of the giving of Torah. The season of the giving of Torah. It is said that although the children of Israel were freed at Passover, their minds remained enslaved by idolatrous ideas until they received the giving of the law at Sinai. God gave the law to expose idolatry that their hearts might be true toward him. The molten calf is evidence that while they left the geography of Egypt, their hearts were still geared towards idolatry. Amen. So the Lord said, I want you to have the law so you'll know how to live under my provision." The Hebrew word for the festival of weeks is Shavuot. One Jewish rabbi said the festival of Shavuot is closely connected to Passover. As it, listen to what he said, as it marks the conclusion of Passover. And that the redemption from slavery was not complete until we receive the law. The Jews believe that Passover and the giving of the law were not separate events, but they were all part of one event. That their liberation was not complete until they had exited Egypt, but also until they had been given the law. Fifty days from Passover was Shavuot. During that time, they would do what is called the counting of the Omer. The people of God would recite Psalm 67, amen, after the counting of the Omer. And Psalm 67 says this in verse 1, the chief musician of Nigatha, a song of song. God be merciful unto us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us, Selah, that the way may be known upon the earth, the saving health among all nations. Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. Let all let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for thou shalt judge the people righteously and govern the nations upon earth, Selah. Let the people praise thee, O God. Let the people praise thee. Then shall the earth yield her increase, and God, even our God, shall bless. Hallelujah. What is the counting of the omer that they would Count it is the measurement of harvest. Amen. It is the handful of harvest. It was a measurement used to collect the manna from heaven. The counting of the om omer was the, the way that they could mark the time from Passover to Pentecost, from Passover to the giving of the law. Jesus told his disciples, You go in Jerusalem until, until. Until what? Until everything's ready. Until all things are fulfilled. Until all the types and shadows are in place. Hallelujah. Passover had ended. The spotless lamb slain from the foundation of the world had been slain. He had been resurrected. There's a reason that he shed his blood. The only way to be liberated from the grip of sin is through the Passover lamb. Hallelujah. And 50 days later, in an upper room, 120 had gathered. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, listen. 
listen to what it says. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, what do they mean by that? It meant that when the days of the counting of the armor were passed, I wonder if they were singing Psalms 67 and worshiping and praising God. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Hallelujah. Can I tell you that Calvary is not complete until the church breathes its first breath. Calvary is complete in the coronation of the church. In Acts chapter 2, an empty tomb makes way for the disciples to go from empty disciples to filled disciples. Hallelujah, Calvary, the cross, pays the way for the comforter come. Pentecost, there's nothing really uh, uh, spectacular as far as you think about the name. You know what Pentecost means? 50. Isn't that deep? We're Pentecostal. This is the 50 church. The Medora 50 church. But what it meant to, 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 to perform the message is that Calvary and Pentecost are connected. What Christ did on the cross is fulfilled in 120 getting the Holy Ghost in the upper room. So I can't have just the cross. I just want the cross. Yeah, I need the cross. I need the death, burial, and resurrection. But that is not complete until I am renewed by the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through me. I want to tell you today, the world is saying that, 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 that we can get away from this. We can, we can back a lot, a lot of Pentecostal denominations today are, are, are moving away from talking in tongues, moving away from... This I say we gotta have it in this hour. We if we're gonna stand in the face of Antichrist, if we're gonna stand in the face of a cancel culture, if we're gonna stand in the face of a woke a fascist mentality, we're gonna need the power of the Holy Ghost every day in our life. Can you come on and thank you for the promise of the Father? Oh, praise God. Can I do a little bit of pastoral cleaning here? Just just pastoral work. There are all kinds of ways of preaching. There's all kinds of ways that God uses people to preach. And, and there are those that will use it expositorily. They'll preach expositorily. Some will preach by types and shadows. And some will preach by just Greek words. Or uh, they'll preach by... Verse by verse, there's, there's, there's all kinds of ways. But I want to tell you, don't get bogged down when a guy's preaching a type or a shadow. Unless that type or shadow doesn't lead you to the truth. Okay? A type is not a truth. Don't get bogged down in it. Are you here? I'm pastoral cleaning right now. A type is not a truth. It's a shadow that helps us to find the truth. How many knows that your shadow can look a lot different than what you look? I didn't know I was seven foot tall. Look at that right there. 
If I just went by a type, I would just go by what, what that looks like. But, but the Lord uses types and shadows in the Old Testament to bring about truth revelation. When you begin to see what God has for us through, through the Passover, what did they do after Passover? Where did they go? What's the first place they stopped after, after they left Egypt? Bible scholars, where are you? I give you a hint. Dry ground, a lot of water, enemies destroyed. Okay, so they went from Passover into crossing the Red Sea, right? It opened up. They went through on dry ground. And then they come to Mount Sinai, 50 days from Passover. <laughs> what was it that happened to Jesus? He showed to us through the death, burial, and resurrection is that in our life with God, there's got to be repentance. Yeah. There must be baptism yeah. and the infilling of the Spirit. For a Hebrew, it was Passover. It was baptism. It does it not say in Peter that he would all baptized under Moses? Am I right? Paul said it. Thank you. I all baptized into Moses. What a type. And then the giving of the Holy Ghost in the upper room. I want to tell you the Lord when he does do a type, if you'll follow that type, you'll find the truth. If you go and see how he did it in the Old Testament, you'll find out how he does it in the New Testament in a spiritual way. Hallelujah. Come on and give the Lord praise. Let me just give you some things. The giving of the law was 50 days from Passover. The giving of the promise was 50 days from Calvary. All right? Commandments were written on tables of stone under the law. Commandments were written in the tables of heart under Pentecost. Amen? We find that the giving of the law was written by the finger of God. The giving of the Spirit or the giving of the Holy Ghost was written by the Spirit of God. In, in the beginning, we find that at the giving of the law, 3,000 people died. In the giving of the, of the Spirit, 3,000 were born again. Amen. We find that it was the letter of the law at Mount Sinai. It's the Spirit of the law at Pentecost. Amen. And we see that how the Lord works mightily in his types. The Passover paved the way for Israel to serve God on Mount Sinai. Calvary paved the way so we can live for God all the days of our life. Can you thank the Lord to that? Go to Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 18. I wanted to show you how that type leads over into even scripture here where he says, For ye are not come, verse 18 of Hebrews 12, ye are not come unto the mount that might be touched, that burned with fire, or unto blackness and darkness and tempest, and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words, which voice they that heard entreated that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. He says, for they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it shall be stoned and thrust through with a dart. And so terrible was the sight of it that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. He said, you're not coming to a mountain like that, but you are come unto Mount Zion. 
Woo! At the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn that are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. What is he saying? That was a type that led us to the truth. Amen. I want to say today, I need the promise of the Father. I need the treasure in an earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of me. Peter proclaimed on the day of Pentecost, listen to what he said in Acts 2 and 33. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this which ye now see and hear. For it which you now see and hear. 34. For David is not ascended to heaven, but he him, but saith himself, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit there on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made the same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise. What promise? The Father's promise. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Lord, this promise is for Ruby. Lord, this promise is for Selah. Lord, this promise is for Marigold. Lord, this promise is for Raleigh May. Lord, this promise is for Jubilee and all their kids and all the kids that they have. This promise is not just for me, but it's for my house. It's for my family. I claim the promise of my father. Let me just remind you, Pentecost is not a denomination. Pentecost is not the name of a church. Pentecost, it is an experience that will change your life. So who can receive this power? Preachers? Yeah, I hope so. Teachers? Yeah, I hope so. Musicians? Lord have mercy, yes. Praise God. I hope so, yeah. But, but Peter said like this, as many as the Lord our God shall call. How about pew sitters? I hope so. How about people that attend church faithfully? Yes, amen. Amen. The promise is to you. The, the scriptures clearly teach us that it's for anyone. God is no respecter of persons. God is no respecter of persons. But he gave to us his spirit. He said, I'll give it if you ask me. Luke eleven thirteen. 13. If you ask me, I'll give it to you. He said, if you ask a father, a fish, will he give you a stone? How much more will your heavenly father give you the spirit if you ask him? God's promise 
of the Holy Ghost is said to be to all flesh, your sons and your daughters and servants and handmaidens. I want to just, just quickly stop and say this. When it says he'll pour out his, the promises on all flesh, doesn't mean that all flesh get it. All flesh are a candidate to receive it. Amen? Because you've got to go by Calvary. You've got to go by an empty tomb when you get to the promise. Peter declared the Holy Ghost was for you, the Jews, and to those that are far off, speaking also of the Gentiles. God gave the Holy Ghost to them that obeyed him in Acts chapter 5, verse 32. And it says, "Where and we are his witnesses of these things, and so is also the Holy Ghost whom God hath given to them that obey him. God gives the Holy Ghost to them that obey him. God gives the Holy Ghost. If I may use my dad again, my dad, again, revelation of Jesus' name, baptism came upon him. He was baptized in water. When he came out of the water, there was a, uh, a man that was from Germany, just couldn't, sp spoke broken English, but he said, now's you a candidate of the Holy Ghost. He said, what in the world is that? He sought the Holy Ghost for, for uh, several days, and, and one night, God already delivered him of four-pack of cigarette habit a day, four packs a day. God had delivered him of it and set him free of that. But as he was praying, a big old coffee pot came before his, his vision, his mind. Big old coffee pot. My dad was raised in South... Oh, I just felt some, 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 some Pentecostal resistance right there. <laughs> oh, man. My dad was raised in South Louisiana where you're a toddler, you're spoon-fed coffee. He was raised on that old chicory stuff that was so thick, you stick a, a spoon in it and it would just stand up and wave at you. That's what his words, not mine. It would just stand up and wave at you. And he said... He said, Lord, what does that mean? And the Lord said, if you'll get rid of this, I'll fill you with the Holy Ghost. Man, we don't talk about that kind of stuff much anymore. I want the blessing. Let me talk in tongues. Let me live how I want to. No, the Lord said, I'll give the Holy Ghost to them that obey me. I'll give the Holy Ghost to them that obey me. First of all, it's repentance. What a baptism that is all part of obeying. But sometimes it may look like a coffee pot that perks upon your perches upon your altar. All right. Hallelujah. I wonder today for all of us that's had the Holy Ghost for all these years, if we might need to go back to the altar and say, Lord, what needs to, what needs to come down? What do we need to get rid of? What do I need to get out of my life? What, what do I need... He said one of the hardest things he ever did in his life was to, to, to go cold turkey. He went cold turkey off of coffee, and from that moment of seeing it on there, he didn't have any more, but he suffered withdrawals just like a drunk. He had the hardest time, but I will tell you, when he gave it up, God filled him with the Holy Ghost. Amen. With the evidence of speaking with other tongues, hallelujah, changed his life completely. He said the closest he ever got to drinking coffee was in Mexico, sitting in, the, in, a, in a hut with some people there, and you know, you got to be friendly. You can't just, you just can't turn up your nose on, on, on their food and on their drink. But thankfully, it had a dirt floor. And when they weren't look, looking, he just poured that coffee right out on the dirt floor. What are you willing to say, God, I'll do to have your power, to have a walk with you? What can I do? Lord, I realize there's no power in me, but there's power in my obedience. There's power in saying yes to God. 
those at Samaria, the Ethiopian, and the people of Zotis received the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 8. Cornelius and his house received the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 10. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Acts chapter 10 and verse 35, but in every nation that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. With him. Hallelujah. I read in the book of Revelation that out of every nation, out of every kindred, he has redeemed us to God by the blood out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation. This is for everybody. This is not for select group. This is for everybody. Hallelujah. It's for everybody. Whosoever will, let him come. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, the promise of fathers, more than speaking in tongues. As I've already stated, it is also to help us. John 14, 18. Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. But the comforter, but the comforter. See that capital C there? They understood in the, in the translations, the capital C means this is the Spirit of God, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Can I just tell you, we need help. In 2022, 23, 24, However the Lord tarries, we're going to need help. All you have to do is watch a little bit of news. If you've watched the news this week, your stomach should have been turning. Your stomach should have been turning this week. If you see what is going on in our world and the anger at God and the hate of God, it, 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 it ought to cause us to stop and say, I need the promise of the Father. If I'm going to live in this modern hour, I'm going to need the promise of the Father. If your kids go to public school, they're going to need the promise of the Father. If you're going to school at home, y'all are going to need the promise of the Father and your kids. Hallelujah. Why? We need help. The word comforter means one that is called alongside to help. Help me, Holy Ghost. Help me, baptism of the Holy Spirit. Change me in the inside. Help me be like Christ. The ministry of God's Spirit in our life is so wonderful. It's to help make us come alive. Everybody say, come alive. As one man said it like this, I don't know who I'd give them credit, but one man said, Jesus didn't come to make bad men better. He came to make dead men live. Make dead men live. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 5. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. Hath raised up together, made us to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. 1 Corinthians 15 of 44. It is sown a natural body and it is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. Everybody say there's a natural body and a spiritual body. I have a natural being and I have a spirit being all in this, okay? Verse 45, and so it is written, the first man, Adam, was a living soul. The last man, Adam, was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit, that was not first which is spiritual, 
but that which is natural, and afterward that which is spiritual. Adam was natural. The last Adam was spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is of the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, such as they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are are they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall bear the image of the heavenly. There is a war going on between the natural man and the spiritual man, between the carnal mind and the spiritual mind. And the thing that's going to make the difference is have I been quickened? Have I been quickened by the Spirit of the Lord? Have I been made alive? That's what the word quickened means. Have I been made alive? Am I alive? in Christ Galatians 3.13 the Bible says as you're standing I want to read this Galatians three and 13 Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us for it is written curses everyone that hangeth on the tree that the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. What does that blessing look like? That you might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. What happened when Adam and Eve sinned is that their spirit, that's their connection between the soul and God, died. It became where they couldn't connect anymore. And the Lord said, I have to cause you to leave because you're not connected with me you can't connect with me the spirit of man then died that's the consequences of sin sin causes us to die that connection between us and God to die but when we are born again and the Holy Ghost comes inside of us and we breathe the newness of life through the spirit and God's spirit it comes, he comes inside of us and then we speak it out. Then we begin to live it out. All of a sudden, that part of us that was dead from our mom and daddy, Adam and Eve, is now alive. And what I couldn't connect with God, I couldn't get in the presence of God, is now I can connect with God. I can be in his presence. Hallelujah. In a language, in a language sometimes I do not understand. I can pray and I can call upon the Lord. Anybody need some help in this day? I said, anybody need some help? You got any issues you need help with? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. If you're needing some help today, why don't you step out and come to the altar area and let's just begin to pray and say, help me, Lord. Fill me, Lord. Fill me with your spirit, God. Fill me with your power, God. Fill me, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. I want the promise of the Father. Thank you for listening to the MPC Podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorchurch.com to learn more about 
our ministry.